0: Be raised up, O mountain, be made low. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right, I guess I'm opening service. So y'all might as well go ahead and stand up. Um, after service tonight, I don't have the announcements here. After service, we're going to have a meet and greet or meet and goodbye thing for Jason and Jill and their family. So all of y'all, please stay. It's in the fellowship hall. Um, Tuesday night at 6 is that heart to heart at 6 o'clock in the fellowship hall? Leanne Hart is gonna be here. And if y'all haven't come before, don't don't deter, don't let that deter you from coming. Please come. Bring somebody. If you want to bring something to eat, we're doing sandwiches, chips, dip, whatever you want to bring. It doesn't really matter. But get with Robin or just bring it. It will be gladly appreciated. So we're gonna worship. We're gonna pray first. Father God, we just thank you thank you, Father, for this beautiful day, God. We want to thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, God, and to worship you. Father, we just ask that you would move in a new way, God. Just have your way in this service, Lord, as we sing our praises to you, God. Just fill us with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead. Yes, Father. Yes, God. is a lamp unto my feet Your way is the only way for me It's a narrow road that leads to life but I want to be on it It's a narrow road but your mercy is wide because you're good on your promise I'll take you your word. If you said it, I believe it. I've seen how good it works. If you started, you'll complete it. I'll take you at your word. You spoke, and the care. i've seen it in my life it's a narrow road that leads to life but i want to be on it it's a narrow road the tide is high because you of the your promises, God. Father, your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we stand on those words, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. for me there's nothing we can do that can separate us, God, from the love of the Father. And that you're always calling us closer to you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Your love, oh Lord, Reaches to the
2: heavens,
1: your faithfulness stretches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountain. Justice flows like the ocean's tide And I will lift my high voice to worship you, my king And I will find my high strength in the shadow's of your To the
2: heavens,
1: your faithfulness stretches to the
2: skies. Oh,
1: how vast! Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain. justice flows like the ocean's tide so I will lift my voice to worship you
2: my king
1: and I will find my strength in the shadow the shadows of your wings your love oh
2: lord
1: reaches to the
2: heavens
1: your faithfulness stretches to the sky of your love and your mercy, your faithfulness and your grace, God. As far as the ocean tides, Father, reaches to the sky, God. Like a mighty mountain, God, a strong tower in time of need,
3: It's the love of the Father that sent the Son who loved us so much He gave His life for us. I think that's worthy to be praised, amen? It's worthy to take just a moment. Can we, can we carry on for just another moment and just worship Him for His love? Can we just thank Him for His love this evening? The Bible says God loved us so much. That's enough right there. But He went beyond it. He loved us so much He sent His only Son to die for us so that we could have life. I think that's worthy to be praised. Just in our own words, let's just, let's just worship him. Lord, we praise you. We exalt you because of your love, that love that, that gives us life, that gives us healing, that gives us freedom. Lord, we praise you tonight because you first loved us. Lord, you loved us so much, you gave everything for us. Lord, we glorify you. We praise you. We exalt you because you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy of our love. You're worthy of everything that we have to give to you, God. Because of your love, and we worship you, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We, God, we just praise you and honor you tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Aren't you thankful for His love tonight? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. If our ushers will come, we'll take up our tithes and offering. Andy, would you pray over our offering tonight?
4: Y'all, thank you very much. God is good. Amen. Amen. I, I personally do not like being introduced, and so thank you for just letting me come and take the pulpit. Uh, God is good. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to help me tonight. Um, I believe that we are united together as one, and I believe that God wants to do a work tonight in this church, and I believe in the spirit realm. You know, I believe that every one of us are Christians. If we were temporarily just given a glimpse into the spirit realm, I think it would revolutionize our faith. It would change our walk. Um, There is a spiritual battle that is raging, not only for America, not only for your life, but a battle is raging for this church. And we want God to win. Yeah. We want God to be able to be magnified in and through. But I'm going to ask you, and, and I, I, I'm kind of one of them hardheads. I, I kind of go for 100%. And, and it would be great tonight to have 100% to enter into this message with me and for us to hear from the Lord and respond as God would want us to. Uh, the message I have tonight is dealing with, I believe, the greatest attack against the church that we're facing right now, and that is fear. If you, A.W. A, a. Tozer, has anyone ever heard of A.W. Tozer? Great author. Uh, many of us who are gray heads, uh, he is one that we have really read after, and he, he's a great man. This is what he says, a scared world needs a fearless church. Well, that's pretty, pretty wise, isn't it? I think we're living in a scared world. Well, I think you got one or two. I think we're living in a scared world. The, the society, the culture that we live in is just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. We're, we're living right there. And so the title of the message I have for you this evening is Faith or Fear. I'm going to tell you one's going to win. GOD HAS NOT GIVEN US THE SPIRIT OF FEAR, BUT HE HAS GIVEN US THE SPIRIT OF POWER. GOD HAS NOT GIVEN US THE SPIRIT OF FEAR, BUT THE SPIRIT OF POWER. AND SO GOD WANTS US TO DO A, I BELIEVE TONIGHT, A SPIRITUAL BATTLE. I'M GOING TO INVITE YOU. now. I AM FULL GOSPEL. I BELIEVE IN THE SPIRIT REALM. I BELIEVE THAT THERE'S THE GOOD, AND I BELIEVE THAT THERE'S ALSO THE BAD. I I do not believe that God has given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so what I believe is, is this. I believe that the Lord wants us to come up against in this church, both individually and collectively, for us to come up against the spirit of fear tonight. And so I'm gonna ask you to, if you would, let's just follow God's leading together. If you find your Bible, find with me Hebrews. I love the Word of God, and I love preaching, teaching God's Word. And the preacher, I believe, ought to bring a Bible to the pulpit. I believe you ought to invite the congregation to get out your Bible, either by phone or... uh, Now, don't go to Facebook. God will blow up your phone if you go to Facebook. But if you would, it's okay to use your phone or whatever device you have to to go to the Word of God because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you're doing. You might be able to sneak around the preacher, sneak around mom and dad, sneak around your wife or your husband. The The reality is you can't sneak around on God. God knows it all. Father, I pray your anointing tonight. Anoint this word. And we pray that the hearts of the people would be open to receive. And Father, we pray the outcome would be your perfect will. Accomplish what you desire, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm a Bible student. I love studying the word. And what I find in Hebrews, Hebrews is written, if you'll think with me, just by the title. It is written to the Jewish mind. It is written, written to the Hebrew. And what the writer is wanting to do is to try to convince this Jew, this believer of the Old Testament, what our writer is trying to do is convince them that Jesus is greater than. Notice with me, if you will, please, verse 1 of chapter 1, Hebrews 1 and 4, Jesus is better than angels. If you'll notice Hebrews 3 and 3, Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses. Hebrews 4 and 14, Jesus is a greater high priest. In Hebrews 7 and 22, uh, Jesus has a better covenant. The new covenant, New Testament, is better than the old covenant, Old Testament. Can anybody say amen? amen? Notice the writer trying to persuade us. He's trying to convince us of something. In Hebrews 8 and 6, he tells us that Jesus has better promises. And I thank God for that. So it's obvious that the writer is attempting to persuade us that Jesus is greater than any adversity. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, and, and let me kind of sit you up so I don't surprise you. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, and if you agree with me, that, that's what I'm asking you to do, to say amen. And I know there's some people that, uh, you know, you don't believe in saying amen. And my wife was raised Church of Christ, and, but I'm Pentecostal. And, and my wife has now come into Pentecost, and, and I think it's okay to say amen. I don't think you're out of order. But I'm going to make a statement. If you agree with me, I'm going to ask you to say amen. And here's the statement. I believe that we're living in the last days. In Matthew 24, Jesus gave us three categories to watch, pointing to the last days. He said, watch man in relationship with man, watch man in relationship to the environment. He said, watch man in relationship to God. Watching man in relationship to man, he said there'll be wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Watch man in relationship to man. We're seeing almost a global war. If you're keeping up with current events, If you've heard this past week, what's happened in North Korea, wow. We already see what's happening in Ukraine. We already see the aggression of the Russian, but now we're seeing an aggression of North Korea. If you know how fragile our relationship is with China, can you understand we're living in the last days? Watch man in relationship to man. He said, watch man in relationship to our environment, there will be earthquakes. There'll be famines, there'll be diseases. Um, One word is pestilences, you go back to the original Greek, the original Greek is lois, L-O-I-S, meaning diseases. COVID-19 was an end time event, pointing to the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, Many of us have never seen a global pandemic as pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming back. This earthquake in Turkey, Syria, uh, the last toll I heard was nearing 50,000 people dead. Amen. Wow. Right. That is, Jesus is coming back. Yeah. Watch earthquakes. Uh, there's earthquakes in Oklahoma constantly. Yeah. And so the reality is, yes, I, I see man in relationship to the environment. The last is man in relationship to God. And that it tells us two things. One is the gospel is going to be preached worldwide We're right now on the Internet. That Internet goes worldwide. Uh, I was a pastor, and we had people that would get on our Internet and watch from Afghanistan, Iraq, and they would make comments. And so I'm going to tell you, the gospel is being preached worldwide. The other thing Jesus said, though, in watching man in relationship to man, is the hearts of many will wax cold. In other words, you can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and people are yawning in your face. They'll laugh at you. Even in church, I've had people laughing at me and goosing and, and playing everything but listening. So the hearts of many will wax so cold. We are living in the time just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. What I'm seeing though with this is an escalation of fear. The sad reality is we're seeing some of the same things in the church as we're seeing in the world. Okay, it's time for us to be convinced in our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I, I want to show you this, and, and I really want you to look at it and see if you agree with me, because here is my statement, and that is this. If I believe Jesus Christ is right, and if I believe that he's greater than anything, then my faith placed in him should conquer my fear in anything. It doesn't matter if it's wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquake, COVID. See, COVID hit us real hard. COVID hit the church real hard. Um, The reality is these end time events are not selective for just the lost. Did you hear me? The earthquake is not going to hit just unbelievers. The earthquake is not going to hit just the Muslims or the Islam. The the problems of end time events and the challenges of the hour that we live, yes, it is going to affect even the believer. You're going to have to have last days, faith, not fear. Okay, if you would go with me, please, and let's look at Hebrews together. Find with me Hebrews, beginning with verse 12 of chapter 3. It says, beware, brethren. Okay, right there at the beginning, our author, I believe the author is Paul. There's a lot of people debating that, but I believe it's Paul. And so what I see is my brother trying to speak to the church. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to Christians. He says this, beware, brethren. Beware Long Grove Assembly of God Church on Sunday night, February 19th. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you, any of you. I don't care if you're a deacon. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you got a rev in front of your name and a PhD behind your name. Beware if there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another. That's exactly what I'm wanting to do tonight. I'm wanting to exhort you. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. I'm going to tell you, church, it's still called today. There's coming a day, though, when it's going to be, it was yesterday Jesus came. But thank God it is still today. Least any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ If, please circle that, if, critical, it is conditional. Notice with me the condition. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Jesus said in Matthew 24, along with these end time events, he says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. I'm going to tell you, church, it really doesn't matter how you begin. What matters is how you end. You know, a lot of us were really messed up when we began. Uh, Some were hooked on drugs, some were doing all kinds of crazy, stupid stuff. So it really doesn't matter your condition of when you start. What matters is how you end. And we need to finish well. If you would, in verse 13, it quotes uh, Psalm 95, seven and eight. It says, well, it is said back in Psalm today, If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In other words, our writers wanting to use something as an example, illustrating for us to understand something that happened in the past, the rebellion. Verse 16, for who having heard those in the rebellion, for for who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now, with whom was he, God, angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear (coughs) that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Uh, we're given an example, and the example is, of course, the Old Testament story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt into the promised land. Now, notice with me, the seed of unbelief can be sown in any heart. And you know, the sad reality is I've seen guys that have been Christians for years and even in the ministry that have turned their back on God, and it breaks, it breaks our hearts. But please understand, you're not immune. Well, One of the most dangerous places to live is to think that you could never be touched by the enemy. Uh, one of the most dangerous places to live is to think that you're above all that. And i want to tell you, anyone is subject to a heart of unbelief. All it takes is an unbelieving college professor trying to give a persuasive appeal. A co-worker who is agnostic or atheist now coming in and trying to plant a seed or a good friend who doesn't believe in Jesus and the persuasive seed of unbelief is sown and any heart, any heart can become hard with unbelief. So hear the warning tonight and hear the exhortation tonight, I believe is for every one of us, even this guy behind the pulpit. It, it's a word that all of us need to hear. What we desperately need is to close the gap between our belief and our behavior. Can you say amen to that? Please, Uh, I think that went over some of your heads. What we've got to do is close the gap between what I believe and how I live. I need to close that gap. If we believe in Jesus, we need to live like we believe in Jesus. If we believe in Jesus, we should live according to his principles. I'm going to say some things. It's okay to amen me. Amen is like going sick on It's okay to stick your dog on the devil, okay? If you would, if we believe in Jesus, we should live with his empowering, amen. If we believe in Jesus, we should live motivated by his love, amen. See, let's not just sing about it. We sang some songs about it, but listen to me. Are you hearing the words that you're singing? Yes, sir. See, if we believe in Jesus, we should live equipped with his gifting. If we believe in Jesus, then we should live in victory, the victory of faith. Faith needs to conquer last day's fear. Can anybody say amen with me? That's the message tonight. The Hebrew writer uses Israel's response to the promised land as an example of unbelief. Now, notice with me, real quickly, and, and I'm, I'm not going to take long. Uh, uh, one of the things that I target in preaching is to try to not be boring. Uh, one of the last things we need behind the pulpit is boring. Anybody say amen? Amen. And what I I want to be is I want to be on target. I want to, can you hear me, Paul? I want to be exactly where God wants me to be when he wants me there. And wow. And the devil doesn't like it. I am thankful that in heaven there'll be no allergies. I don't know. This is winter and we're still. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. This is winter and it's crazy that we're still battling allergies. Uh, Paul is convinced it's coming from Texas. She says it's all that red cedar coming up from Texas. That's my wife. Okay, verse 16 through 18. There's five questions. Okay, notice with me, the the writer, he just shotguns them at us. And and I read to him, and and you you can kind of overlook it if you just don't pause a moment. And he gives us these five questions. Question number one, for who, having heard, rebelled? And then the next question, he kind of answers it. Was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Then the third question is, with whom was God angry for 40 years? And then he answers it kind of with a question, verse uh, number four. And was it not with those who sinned, whose corpse fell in the wilderness? And then the fifth question is a question and the answer within it. And it says, to whom did God swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So here with five questions, it exposes the unbelief of Israel. And it tells us the outcome in verse 19. Notice the outcome. And that is, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to enter into God's promised land. And the reality is, I believe there's two promised lands for the Christian. One is the life I live today. And the other is the life that I'm going to live for eternity. You don't have to wait till you die before you start living. Can anybody say, man, man, I'm going to enjoy life now. I'm going to live in victory now. And then I get to die and I get to go to heaven. The reality is you can't threaten a Christian with death because when I die, I go to some place a whole lot better than this. But what I need to know is, is this, and that is, here's what I'm going to deal with. And, and again, I'm, I'm going to kind of go with you. you. You go with me. At the end, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask for 100% to enter into a spiritual warfare with me. If you remember with me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, there's such a thing as casting down imaginations that attempt to exalt themselves against our knowledge of God. And I see that in the church today. I see today Christians under a spiritual attack of the enemy that the enemy's coming against you and he's bringing into your life imaginations that are attempting to come against your knowledge of God. And we're going to do some spiritual warfare tonight. If you would please, the first point of the message is number one, to be able to live with faith conquering fear, understand God promised you blessings. Just when you got became a Christian, this just started. Uh, becoming a Christian is not the end. Becoming a Christian is the beginning. Uh, if you will, the Promised Land was a place of enjoying God's promises. Uh, the land of Israel was promised to Abraham and his descendants. If you notice with me, the scriptures uh, it says in Genesis. Uh, I think there we go. It says in Genesis 12 and 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. Genesis 13 and 15, for all the land you see, I give to you and your descendants. Notice with me that last word forever. I'm gonna, I've been to Israel three times and I'm going again in November. And the reality is, Israel will die to the last man for the land. Why? It's because it was promised to them by God. And it's to be Israel's land forever. If there was ever a timepiece for you and me to watch, knowing what time it is, Israel is God's timepiece. And understand, uh, the land of Israel remains God's promise to the Jewish people. The land of Israel was God's place of promised blessings for Israel. Uh, I want you to see this with me. And and notice with me there in Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, right there in Deuteronomy, uh, it gives us the promised blessings. It says, for the land your God is bringing you into is a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, a land of vines, fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil, of honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarce any scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are like iron and out of whose hills you can dig. Copper. It is a special land. And so it's a land that is full of God's promises, God's promised blessings. Okay, today you and I have exceedingly great and precious promises. Uh, What we find in 2 Peter 1 and 4, we have these promises from God concerning our lives right now. Right now, there is exceedingly, and I love that, it's, it's beyond my comprehension, exceedingly great and precious promises. Living in faith gives these promises, and I want you to see these with me. Living in faith gives us the promise of forgiveness of sin. Living in faith gives us the promise of deliverance from bondage. Living in faith gives us the promise of power that overcomes Any adversity living in faith gives us the promise of provision in times of need living in faith gives us the promise of eternal life living in faith gives us the promise of the ever abiding presence of Jesus Christ okay tonight I'm challenging you and please look at me just a moment because I want you to recognize okay let me just see there may be somebody here that doesn't believe in this uh, and let me ask you, I just ran through these and, and I had a few people amen and me out yeah, and I had a few nods and some smiles and, and some people were picking their nose. And, but, but I, I want to get you to really get your attention. And I want you to look at that and I want to ask you, do you really believe that? Now, this is what I'm asking you. Uh, Do you believe in forgiveness of sin, deliverance from bondage, power that overcomes any adversity, provision in time of need? You believe in the promise of eternal life. You believe in that everybody... How many people here, let's have a vote, and this is a vote. We're not voting in a pastor. (laughs) How many people believe that? Hold up your hand. If you're not afraid, hold up your hand. Because I've seen some people that wouldn't hold up their hand for nothing. There's a bus out front taking everybody to Jesus, and how many people want to go to heaven hold up your hand? Okay, now, we held up our hands. Why? Because we really believe that. Okay, now, listen to me, Christian, because I want to step on your toes. You've got to get to the place where you can close the gap between what you believe and how you live. Okay, now, think with me. If you really believe, now, look at me. I want to get where you live. If you really believe in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, then quit living in the guilt and the condemnation of your past sin. Quit letting the enemy beat you up for what you did, B.C., before Christ. You've accepted Christ. You believe in his forgiveness. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me of all that junk. And so the reality, close the gap between what you believe and how you behave. Get to the place that you enjoy being a Christian and get rid of that guilt, that condemnation of forgiven sin. Uh, look at the next in deliverance. I, I believe that there is deliverance for every bondage. Yes, yes, now what you need to do is close the gap between your profession of faith, your belief, and how you behave. You need victory over bondage. Yes, and, and I could go down through a list, but I, I don't want to... Uh, well, let me go down through a list. <laughs> Fear, worry is bondage. One of the lies of the enemy to many uh, elder women, and let me, let me just get out on that limb by myself. Uh, one of the enemy's lies is, is that I show my love for my kids by how much I worry about them. That is such a lie. That's right. uh, uh, worry is not showing love. Concern is. But prayer is showing love. Uh, worry leads to fear. Fear leads to doubt. And doubt leads to unbelief. And that God wants you delivered from every bondage. Yes. Uh, I had a lady that a couple of weeks ago, I was preaching on Wednesday evening. And I said, and we're getting ready to go through a series on uh, the Beatitudes. And I said, I can't see Jesus going, verily, verily, i say, <laughs> to you. And I, I just did it like that. And, and that's all I did. And she said, the moment I did that, that convicted her of her cigarette smoking. And she said that week she went home and laid them down and that's been like three months ago and she hadn't picked them up again and this is a lady up in years that had smoked for like 30 40 years and so i'm going to tell you you can be delivered from any bondage my dad accepted the lord on sunday morning and called paula this is when martha my daughter who's now a pastor's wife was just a baby and uh, he, he told Paula, said, hey, uh, I've got some Campbell's. My dad smokes Campbell cigarettes for 35 years. He accepted the Lord, became a Christian, and that week had Paula come and get his Camel cigarettes And he said, I don't need these anymore. See if you can take them down to Safeway and if you can, you know, maybe get some money for them, trade them back in. So Paula took the Camel cigarettes down to Safeway grocery store. They wouldn't give her money, but we got baby formula. And so God turned cigarettes into baby formula. Yeah. And the reality is my dad was delivered. My dad laid them down and never picked them up again. What we need, if we really believe church, we need to close the gap between what we say we believe and how we behave, how we live. See, you've got a promise of eternal life. Let me jump to that one. And the reality is nothing in this world should get you down because you're going to a place that's going to last forever. We're going to a place where the streets are gold, where the gates are pearl. I don't know anything about the oyster, but man, it'd have to be a big one. And, uh, but the reality is we're going to a place where there's no tears. There's no sorrow. We're going to a place where God is right there. You want to go see God? Go worship, right there he is. And so the reality is we're going to something far, far better than this. Nothing, nothing should get us down. Can anybody say amen? Amen. I'm a Christian and I want to live like I'm a Christian. I'm going to fight fear with faith. Are you with me? Okay, let's go to the next one, and that it, this is how we gain victory through our faith over our fear. Number two is God promised us a harvest. Now, many people misunderstand this, and so you're going to have to really put on a thinking cap for a moment. The promised land for Israel had wheat, barley, fig trees, vines, pomegranates, olive oil, honey, copper, stones like iron, virtually lacking nothing. The promised land was not a place to visit. It was a place that God wanted Israel to live. And I'm gonna tell you, Christian, the promises of God are not a, is not a place for us to visit. Um, I thank God for church, and I thank God for our time in church. But just think with me. You're here roughly, what? Two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, maybe a couple hours on Wednesday night. That's two, four, six hours. There's a whole lot of other time you live. I thank God that I get to come to church but how I live outside the church is more important than what I do inside the church. And I understand, yeah, thank God for the growth that we gain. And man, church attendance is so critically important in the hour that we live. But please understand this. What's vitally important is how you live out there also. God wants us to live in this victory every day of our lives. Notice with me, if you would please, what Jesus said. And this, I believe, is a life Harvest that God is talking about. Uh, Jesus said in John 15 and 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I don't believe the Lord is talking about winning the lost. Yeah, we ought to be aggressive in winning the lost, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about your life bearing much fruit. I believe what he wants out of us is a harvest from our lives. Uh, Notice with you, John 15 and 8. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so understand, the fruit is, we know what the fruit of the spirit. Uh, Many people so misunderstand the fruit of the spirit, they say there's nine fruits of the spirit. You need to look at that again, because it says there is one fruit, With nine traits. Uh, Some Christians like to say, well, I'm going to pick which fruit I'm going to be." No, you don't get to pick and choose. There is one fruit that has nine traits. The scripture says the fruit, singular, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. There's the nine traits of the one fruit. That tells me now that as a Christian, I need a life harvest in my life. There needs to be fruit that comes from my life. There needs to be love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. Amen. Can anybody say amen? amen? What we're talking about is life harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What we're talking about is living what we believe. Amen. What we're talking about is living, conquering the fear of the last days that we live in, allowing love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith to overcome every adversity. He is the branch. I am a vine. Notice, I am, uh, excuse me, I am the vine, Jesus. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, we bear much fruit. Yeah. He is right here in me, and he's the source by which I can live this life in the challenges of this day, and I can show love to people who are unlovable. Yeah. See, prejudice needs to be out of the church. Amen. This church is far too white. Can anybody say amen. amen? You know, and I, I know there's a lot of opinions about Hispanics coming north, but the reality is the mission field is coming to us. Yeah. I lost about half a dozen right there. <laughs> I tell you what, it's time for us, the church, to get rid of prejudice. Yeah. We need to let them come into this church house, no matter how old they are, no matter what they look like, no matter how they smell. It doesn't matter how they co- comb their hair. They may comb it with a firecracker, let it blow up, and then hit it with hairspray, and it'd just be poking out everywhere. They may have tattoos from one end to the other, but the reality is they need to be welcome in God's house with all the scars of sin, and we need to show them God's love. This needs not to be a click. Anybody say amen? This needs to be a place where God's presence moves and you are living. And look at it. Please get this. You're living a harvest. Because I'm going to tell you, it takes one grouch to cause somebody to leave the church. You know, you know, there's some people in church you just want to say, don't sit by her. Please don't sit by her. Don't sit by her. And they come and sit by her. and Next thing you know, that old grouch, said something and now they're out the back door even before the preaching starts. And so the sad reality is long before they ever got to even hear the goodness of God, they've already been discouraged by somebody who was not bearing a life harvest. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. You can bear much when you draw closer to God. God wants to give us a victory over our fear. If you would notice this with me, and that is the last is this. This is how we conquer fear with our faith, and that is God promised victory. God does not want us to just try to make it. God wants us to be conquerors and overcomers. Uh, Genesis fifteen, eighteen through twenty once again records God's promises. Concerning the children of Israel. Notice with me. To your descendants I have given this land. From the river of Egypt. To the great river. The river Euphrates. Then God lists. Notice with me. Ten different nations. A lot of Christians don't understand this basic principle in Christianity. Here are ten enemies. Trying to keep Israel. From being able to claim the promised land. Now I'm going to. I apologize for doing that in front of you because it makes everybody thirsty. But notice with me. It's the Kenites, the Kenesites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perezites, the Rephium, the Ammonites, the Canaanites, the Gergashites, the Jebusites, the Termites. So what I find there is 10 different nations that is now the enemies that happen to be in the promised land. Now, notice with me, these people were not going to move out just because Israel wanted to move in. Now understand this, God promised the land, but Israel had to take it by force. God promised the land, he gave it to Israel. But Israel had to fight for it. Now, please look at me and understand something. Every one of us need to be spiritual black belts. Let let me say that again. Every one of us need to be spiritual black belts. Now, I used to manage health clubs, and we always had somebody training and teaching karate in in all of our uh, health clubs. And the reality is, we need to be the toughest people on the planet. We Christians. We need to quit being mealy mouthed, timid, but we need victory over our timidity. And we need to enter into the spiritual warfare because the reality is God never promised us that it was going to be without a fight. In other words, what Timothy said, or what was said to Timothy from Paul was this fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to fight for it. So, God giving the land to them meant God would give them victory over the enemies but they had to fight for it Israel had to fight for every inch of the land of the promised land because there happened to be people living there and they didn't come okay move out this is ours it didn't happen that way uh, they had to fight for every inch of the land uh, for us God's promise is victory uh, understand Israel Israel did not follow through And defeat all the enemy. Now, God said he'd be with them, but we don't want to be like Israel. God promised us, and here's the promise, and it's Romans 8 and 37. I know everybody's got this marked in your Bible. And it says, yet in all these things, whatever you want to talk about, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. The reality is you're being more than a conqueror means you're not even got a little hint of defeat. You're more than a conqueror. Thank God for that. Uh, this means that no more of the enemy hanging around. The enemy is totally gone. He's not taking, it's not coexistence with the enemy. It's You're kicking the enemy out, and now you're enjoying the promises of God. That's what God wanted Israel to do. But Israel did not follow through. All you got to do is read Judges. And Judges says, but Israel did not do this. Israel did not kick out this. Israel did not take possession of that. And the reality is over and over they did not follow through. What are they for us? Hebrews says here's an example of unbelief. Don't do like these. Now please understand we must fight for what God has promised us. God is promising you tonight through me God is promising you a wonderful pastor. But you're going to have to fight for him. And your fight needs to begin right now. Understand this. We must fight for our faith. You've got an enemy that's wanting to make you sick. You've got an enemy who's going to, right now, is wanting to get you to be full of fear because of tomorrow. Look at all the anguish. Look at all the problems going around. What was me? Win, win, win. But the reality is we're going to have to overcome this enemy and fight the good fight of faith. We must gain victory over unbelief. Uh, note this Israel's fear conquered, now please listen to me 100%. I want 100%. Israel's fear conquered their faith. Okay, let me wait a moment. Uh, I'm still shooting for 100%. Okay, let me come back. Israel's fear conquered their faith. You see it. That's the example. And this is what the Hebrew writer saying. I want you to see this. Israel's fear conquered their faith. We need to allow our faith to conquer our fear. God wants us as his children to be victorious. He wants us to be more than conquerors. He wants us to be overcomers. Amen. God's got great things for this church Corporately. But I'm going to tell you, God's got great things for you individually. I want to do spiritual warfare tonight. Now think with me. We have an enemy again in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. And this enemy is trying to bring into your heart, into your mind, thoughts, imaginations against your knowledge of God. A while ago, I, I got real emphatic with you about a couple of things, 100% now. I got real emphatic with you about believing in forgiveness, believing in deliverance, believing that there's victory for us over every adversity, believing in eternal life, believing in the ever-abiding presence of Jesus Christ. We all said, yes, we believe that. But you've got an enemy who's trying to come up against that belief. He attempts to come into our lives with imaginations that come against. In other words, the enemy's going to try to tell you this. Now, please look at me. You're not forgiven. You're you're, you're still a no-good, lousy sinner. The enemy, his lie, is against your forgiveness, what you know, your knowledge of God. Because, see, the reality is you've got to tell that enemy again, yes, I am saved. I ask Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I am cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And then the enemy's going to come to you, and, and he's going to come against your knowledge of God. And he's going to try to tell you, God's not with you. You know, God's not going to help you. You're out there on your own. That problem you're dealing with, you just suck it up, dude. You're by yourself. That's a lie. And see, the enemy's trying to come up against your knowledge of God. And what you've got to be able to say is you've got to say, I, Jesus promised me that he will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And he's with me. And I rebuke you in Jesus' name. See, what we're entering into is we're entering into spiritual warfare. You've got to cast down those imaginations that attempt to exalt themselves against your knowledge of God. You've got to pull down those strongholds that ex- attempt to come into your life. And people, let me tell you, this is a time when this church is its most vulnerable. And the enemy is trying to come up against you individually and collectively And what you've got to be able to do, the word of the Lord to you is you've got to be able to fight the spiritual fight. Now, I would love to be able to tell you, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that, you know, is just a guy. And I'd love to be able to tell you that, man, we could just duke it out with him. We could just take him out and pull out a bazooka and just blow the devil away. But it's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. The only way you can fight a spiritual battle is with spiritual weapons. When you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse three through 10, that's your homework assignment. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, but our weapons are mighty through God, even to the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy, even to the casting out of the imaginations that attempt to exalt themselves against your knowledge of God. Okay, now that's the spiritual warfare. I'm going to ask you, I asked for 100% a while ago, I'm going to ask you to enter in tonight into a spiritual battle for this church. But I'm going to ask you, before we even go into the battle for the church, I'm going to ask for you to go into a spiritual battle for you personally. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's some people here tonight that the enemy is right now just been attacking you. The enemy's been trying to come against you with maybe unbelief, maybe fear. Fear, I believe, is the number one spiritual attack of the enemy in this hour. Please listen to me and get this. Most all fear that you deal with, F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. In other words, it's a lie. See, the enemy in John chapter 8, Jesus taught us is the enemy's a liar and he's the father of all lies. If his mouth is moving, he's lying. That's right. And so please understand that we battle this enemy that is such a deceiver. And what God wants for you is spiritual victory over every attack of the enemy. Amen. Father, I pray right now for this congregation, these individuals that are here tonight under a spiritual battle. The battle is raging for their faith The battle is raging for their commitment, their love, their devotion, their dedication to you. And Lord, thank you that we are more than conquerors. Thank you, Lord, that we can overcome and that, Lord, the enemy can be defeated. And greater is he that is in us than the enemy that's coming against us. Thank you for the promises that we can do all things through Christ who is our strength. And that, Lord, in you and by you and through you we find our victory. So Lord, tonight we want to close the gap between what we believe and how we live. We wanna be able to have victory over fear, over worry, over depression, over doubt, and over unbelief. And Father, I wanna begin this time of prayer for those that would be here that are away from you. There may be someone in attendance tonight that needs to rededicate their lives to you. And Lord, I know that more than anything else, you want them to come into the family. So, Father, I pray, have your perfect way in this time of prayer. You're here this evening, heads bowed, eyes closed, and just a moment, no one looking around. You need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You've come into this church setting this evening, and here's this old gray-headed dude up here talking, and what he's doing is this. He's wanting to get you to recognize your desperate need for Jesus Christ. And you're here tonight, you say, yep, I'm ready. I need to make jesus christ my lord and savior i'd love to have a prayer with you with you seated right there where you are leading you to christ i'm not going to ask you to stand or walk to the front i just want to lead you to jesus but if you're here tonight you're man enough or woman enough to say hey i need the lord and you're willing to make this commitment to him i'd love to right now lead you to christ and if that is you all i ask is one thing would you raise your hand right now just let me know you're here and allow me to lead you to christ is there anyone here this evening that needs Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Any at all. Thank God for His love. Congregation, if you would please, would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you to do two things, and I'm shooting for 100%. May or may not get it, I'm okay. I'd like to ask everybody that's here tonight, would you come stand across the front of this church? Just dismiss yourself for a moment. You're going to be going out the back door here in a moment. Might as well come up this way now. I'd like to ask everyone if you could come pull in around the front of this church. We're in this together. Thank God you're not in the battle alone. Can anybody say amen? You're in this battle together you're, you're a blessing you're a blessing to me thank you for doing that now what I'm going to ask you if you would please you're you're close enough because that's that's great thank you what I'm going to ask you if you don't mind some of you are standing next to your wife or family that and that's great but what i'd like to ask you to do would you just put a maybe a hand on somebody's shoulder if you want to hold hands whatever you want to do some of us guys don't like holding hands but it's just whatever you want to do put a hand over on their shoulder and and find out who it is next to you you know uh, you may already know them but the reality is, what i'm going to ask you to do is i want to ask you to pray for one another there's power in praying for one another and the reality is is this do you believe in the prayers of the person holding your hand, touching you? See, I do. And what I want us to do is that let's pray for one another and let's enter into this spiritual battle for one another. Let's pray together. Father, right now, in the spirit realm, take authority. Right now, Father, as we pray for one another, we're following the mandate of your word that you said pray one for another. And Lord, now we lay hands on one another. We we touch each other's shoulders. We hold hands and God, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. We come up against fear, we come up against worry, we come up against doubt, we come up against unbelief. We come up against this attack of the enemy that's tried to rob us of our faith in you. Lord, we enter into the spiritual warfare in prayer. And Father, we rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. We rebuke his influence in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that the voice of the enemy would go silent. We pray that the voice of influence would be your Holy Spirit. And that Lord, your Holy Spirit would speak. That Lord, your Holy Spirit would speak encouragement. Your Holy Spirit would speak leading and guiding and directing. That your Holy Spirit would give victory, Father. So Lord, we want the voice of the enemy to go silent. And Lord, we want the voice of influence to be your Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Lord. Lead us, Father, into your victory. May we be conquerors, may we be overcomers. May, Lord, we recognize greater is he that is in us than this enemy that is trying to come against us. May we see that we can do all things through Christ who is our strength. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We glory in your victory, Father. We pray your blessing, Lord. And Father, may we be able to close the gap between what we believe and how we live. May our behavior match our belief. Have your perfect way, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I'm gonna invite you to help me one last time, if you would please. I want to ask you to go around the outer perimeter as far as we can around the outside of this church. You might have to put 10, 5, 6 feet between each other. If you would, just go around the outer perimeter all around the sanctuary of this church. just You can just walk right on around. And we might have to put a few feet between us because we can't stand shoulder to shoulder and be all the way around. But just kind of space yourselves out. And don't leave the some of y'all stay up here if you would please across the front There, yeah, oh, thank you very much and just kind of space yourselves you're fine just space yourselves out because now we're going to pray for the church so if you would now i'd like for you to face inside the church if you would and if you would we're going to enter into a spiritual battle and now we're going to pray for this church how many people want to see this church full Uh, now, I am going to tell you, the only reason it's going to come is because you prayed for it. Every revival is preceded by people seeking God in, for that revival. So if you would, let's pray for this church. Let's pray, pray for the next pastor. Father, we pray right now for this church. We pray, Father, for the next pastor, whoever that is, that, Lord, you'd put together that individual in this church to be able to go into the revival that you wanna bring to Lone Grove. Lord, what a community. Lord, this church should be busting at the seams. What a beautiful facility you've given. And Lord, this church ought to be full. And Lord, there ought to be a spirit of revival right here. These are good people and they seek you, Father. So Lord, I pray that you would honor these good people and God give them a good shepherd. Give them the pastor that you want them to have, whoever that may be. And Father, we enter into the spiritual warfare. And we pray for the blessings of the Lord. We pray that the the confusion of the enemy would be gone. We pray that the disunity that the enemy would attempt to bring in would be gone. We pray that, Lord, there would be a spirit of unity that cannot be broken in this body. And that, Lord, as one, your will would be done. So Father, unite us together as one, and Father, do that spiritual work that only you as God can, bring total victory to this church, and Father, even now, begin to bless the pastor who's coming, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, you've you've done, now wait, 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 thank you, thank you, but you've done great up to now, but please don't fade out on me yet. And now i want to ask you, would you turn around and look outside? Because there's a lost and dying world out there that needs your prayers. I want to ask you to look outside this church. And now let's pray for them to come in. Father, right now in the spirit realm, take your authority. And we pray for the lost that right now are outside this church. We pray for the lost that need to come in. Father, break down every wall, remove every barrier, take away every obstacle that hinders them coming in. We pray for the lost family members of this church. They once were Christians, they were once a part of this body, but now they're away from you. And Father, I pray that in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would make them miserable with conviction, Lord, you would so convict their hearts that you'd reveal to them the truth that the enemy's trying to destroy their marriage, trying to destroy their lives, trying to destroy every aspect of good. And may they see that their only hope, their only help is Jesus. So, Lord, draw the lost to you. May people recognize that the doors of this church are wide open, no matter what color, no matter what background, no matter how deep in sin they may be. Lord, they're welcome in this church. So Father, reach out from this church and draw them in. We pray that in the spirit realm, that Father, you would take your authority and may every device of the enemy come to nothing. And may you take total authority And bring everything into submission to your will. We ask for your work, Father, the work that only you as God can do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now give God glory if you would. Thank you, Lord, for that that you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for that that you're going to do. God bless your hearts. Let me have a prayer for you. You can go to your seat if you want to, whatever you want to do. I don't like Sound like a dictator up here. You know, y'all can run around and do whatever you want to do. But I'm going to pray for you. Thank God for His goodness. I appreciate this youth pastor and his wife and family. Um, I know y'all prayed for them. And, um, but at the same time, I would like to invite you in this closing prayer to pray for them. That God would open the door of opportunity. Because my Bible tells me that God's calling and gifting is irrevocable. That's the NIV. If you've got a King James, it says that it is without recompense. In other words, once you're called, you're always called. And I believe that this young man, this family is called. And once you're called, God's calling and gifting is irrevocable. In other words, he doesn't take it back. So i'm going to tell you what he needs more than anything else is the right door to open because he's got a calling on his life and now he needs to be exactly where god wants him to be and there is a plan can you say amen with me father we thank you for the day thank you for the blessings of the day we pray your blessing upon the fellowship and upon the food and the special time together as a church family and lord we pray father for this family the youth pastor his wife. Your keeping and father we pray for the leading and the guiding of your Holy Spirit thank you Lord that your calling and your gifting is never taken back it's irrevocable and Lord we pray with that knowledge that there'd be the open door of opportunity to be able to fulfill the calling so father lead and guide by your will have your perfect way and I pray for every member of this church that Lord your protective head would be out be with them God, bless them this week. God, keep them in the center of your perfect will. And Father, bring us back together next Sunday, we ask. We ask for your blessing, your keeping, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Have a wonderful week.